You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. So glad that you guys are, are here today. And, and Highlanders and Church on the Bridgers, let me just say that this is more like heaven than when we worship at separate places on, on Sunday morning. This is a little foretaste of what the kingdom of God will be like forever and forever. Amen. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to worshiping with this family and family of believers around the world. So thank you so much for being here today. Um, Pastor Jimmy's going to preach first, going to share first. What we decided to do a few weeks ago was to answer the same three questions today. And so you're going to hear Pastor Jimmy answer three questions, and I'll come back up and answer those same three questions uh, with three different answers, by the way. The, the first question that we wanted to ask each other and to share with you is what, what are we going to need for this coming year? Like what, what kind of gift from God, what kind of blessing, what are we going to need to, to take with us into this brand new year? The second question we're going to answer is what did the Lord show us about himself this past year? So one is a look forward. What are we going to need from God in, in the year ahead? And looking back this past year, what have we seen the Lord reveal to us about himself, his, his character, his, his nature? And the third question I hope we're all encouraged by, and it's simply this, how would we encourage each other's churches? So, you know, Jimmy, how would you encourage Highland? How am I going to encourage Church on the Bridge? And then, then we're going to sing together and pray together, and then a lot of us are going to eat together as well. Um, I think Jimmy's portion of the sermon is about an hour and a half, and I have about an hour, so I hope you're not too hungry for, for lunch today. We're looking forward to, to sharing with you. I think Jimmy Doral not only is a a dear friend, and I know that he's a dear friend. I know he's a dear friend to Highland, but I think he has become, for Waco, a, a voice calling out in the wilderness uh, who has spoken to us. And Highland, let's, let's be honest, sometimes his words hurt our feelings a little bit, and sometimes his words are very corrective toward us as a church. His words toward me are often very corrective as well. But thank God for men like this in Waco and men like this in the kingdom of God who, who helps to shape the church, who helps to, to form us to become more like Christ, especially in our compassion for the marginalized, our, our care for the poor, our love for, for the least of these. Um, he has a birthday this week, and I think it's a big birthday as well this week. Would you welcome up Pastor Jimmy Doral for me today? Let me give you my gift. It's my birthday, but I'm going to give John two gifts. One is the most coveted of all, the Church of the Bridge plastic cup. We just got them in, so you get the first one. Thank you so much. And the other is the shopping list form for the Jubilee Food Market. What a gift. What a gift. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, my brother. I'm blessed. Thanks, brother. Well, let me be real honest. We don't get invited back to many places and I think this is our fourth time, John? Fourth, third? Fourth time, I think so. We've been invited back. I told our people a few years ago when we first got invited uh, not to steal the silverware. And then when we got here, we found out y'all use plastic anyway. So <laughs> we've gotten to come back. We just love that. I know most of you know this. This is where I uh, got my wings in the ministry. I um, 
was a student at Baylor, sophomore, and became the youth director of this church for the next seven years. And uh, it was a glorious time. Uh, it's been my joy to come back. Some, some of you I knew from way back, and some of you uh, I know are only in the last few years. But it is such a joy for me to be. I mean that. I, this is a big deal. And I agree with John. Uh, this is a symbol of the kingdom. Black, white, brown, rich, poor. There will be Syrian Christians and Afghani Christians. There will be people of every stripe and color in every nation at the prayers of our Lord. We will, this is right. But not many churches, uh, not, many, not many of us uh, do well to cross barriers. And so it really means a whole lot more than you know. And I think, not that this was not the intention, it's a witness to this community when they hear that two diverse churches gather together to worship together. So thank you for letting us be here. Uh, you may not know where this organized, but we've been around, uh, let's see, we're, we're 27 years old under the bridge. Uh, maybe you didn't know we've been there that long. It started off with um, five homeless guys that met with a Bible study. They invited us to come under that I-35 and 4th Street Bridge to have a Bible study. And they said, let's do it again. And next week, a few more showed and then a few more. And we looked up one day and we just laughed. They started calling it Church on the Bridge. We didn't go down to start a church. It just became that. And... Um, Ragtag, nothing, nothing about real church that looks the same, and, and, uh, but it was just real. You know, you ever have that sense where we play church? That never happens under the bridge. These were raw people, in and out of county jail, some of them um, mental health issues, uh, many of them addicted. And, and I thought, this is my dream church. I love being under that bridge. Now, you are aware that um, they have torn down our church building. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, uh, we do want to say thank you, though, because you are a part of funding our $340 million renovation. And <laughs> the, trouble is, the trouble is, it's about three years away. And again, one of the surprises by God, we just laughed when we think about it. Last March, most of you know that uh, Chip and Joanna called and said, hey, we know y'all don't have a place. There was an article in the front page of the paper that said, Home, homeless church. I, homeless church is now homeless. And, uh, and uh, sure enough, Chip Gaines called and said, hey, we're closed on Sunday. Come on over to Magnolia. And we thought, here's a place 35,000 people a week are coming to visit. And we are now front and center and they're, they're a place. And it's been a great transition. And I thank God for them and the testimony of uh, their lives that goes out because so many people are aware of what's going on. So we're there every Sunday. Um, and uh, we... Love it when we get invited here because by now it's getting a little cold and so we get to come inside a building and some of my people are scared of walls, but we, uh, we're getting over it. So we thank you for letting us be here this morning. Now, I wrote down for what we need is community. Uh, now, that's just a common thing, right? All of us need community. But I want to talk about it in the most powerful sense. Bonhoeffer said in his book, Life Together, uh, that... We are people that must live in faith together. Uh, it's a lot easier to be an individual Christian. But let me, let me read to you what we put 27 years ago into our nine core values. This is number one. I'm sorry, number nine. Church of the Bridge affirms that the call of life together, that we recognize in a culture of extreme privatization, individualism, and wealth, that the tendency in cultural Christianity is to adopt independence as a lifestyle. Yet we affirm biblical interdependence as the call of the church. We need each other. 
Therefore, being in the world but not of the world requires the church to live a life of mutual accountability and encouragement. Now, it's not the same way to do church as you can do. Let me show you a couple pictures. Um, this first one is the, this is where we, this is our new home. And uh, it's, it was fun because the day, the day we moved uh, last March, it was kind of a cold day, actually. And uh, so we met under the bridge, had coffee together, and then we invited a junior high band to come uh, meet us over there and singing together and marching triumphantly uh, on when the saints go marching in, singing that all the way from the bridge over to the silos. It was so fun. It was just a transition of life, but that's okay. I mean, we're sojourners, right? I mean, all of, buildings are just a privilege, but, but we were very honored to, to go over. And, and so we took a picture together and uh, began our new journey there. It's been really uh, easy. Did you know that we can hear each other now? It's crazy. Um, there is a train that comes through. If you've been over to the silos, you know there is a train. Uh, but it's not anything compared to the overhead traffic in the, under the bridge. But, but uh, the train is so loud when it comes through. It's only about 30 seconds that uh, the, the sirens go in as it goes through the um, Magnolia area. So we ask our people, what do we do? Should we just quiet, be quiet and pray because it's too loud to even hear each other? Or, in our case, sing... Oh, I uh, hear that train to come in by Johnny Cash. <laughs> they voted for the latter. And uh, so come sing with us some Sunday morning. But uh, it's been really, really nice because we really can uh, hear each other and it's, it's, it's quiet. But we're still the same church. We're not different at all. Uh, community is, happens for us in three ways. First of all, you got to want it. Um, I know... We don't have the organizational structure uh, that, that a lot of churches do, but we do have small groups. And we have found finally after years that our small groups are functioning very well. About half of our church meets during the week somewhere. Our groups may look a little different than some you might have. We have lots of recovery groups and domestic violent groups and people that have come out of uh, different kind of issues that meet together to encourage one another and bless one another. We have a lot of people that are in and out of prison. We, we write letters to our prisoners. We believe that that's, uh, that's just normal. And we send $25 a, a month to our folks that are in jail. Um, we told uh, churches all the time, we tell them, I said, don't waste your money on security and parking lots while you have church. It's our people that are going to break into your church. And uh, you just send the money over to us and they'll save you some money and help us out as well. But we've got lots of folks that are, that are coming out of county jail and need to start over. And uh, we love them. And uh, they tell us while they're inside how much community meant to them, even inside of jail cell, to be remembered, to not be forgotten. We uh, have a lot of small groups that do various things. And I'm asking the Lord this year that we would increase our small groups. Uh, I want us to have more and more. It is hard to be church together in the biblical sense in a group like this. We can't get to know each other's real needs. You can't be honest. You got to find a place where you're vulnerable and, can, and say with, with real confidence that they're going to pray for you, not just say they're going to pray for you. There's a place where you can just be who you are. And our people need that so badly. Dignity is a big deal for our folks. We have a lot of people, and I'll say this sadly, that want to help, quote, the poor. That come over, especially during the holiday time, and they want to give somebody something, but you can tell from the moment they're there, it, it's just a, a thing that's going to happen one time. They're going to do. Dignity means we care year round. Did you know there are people that are hungry in July, not only at Thanksgiving time? 
And for us to be able to, to have the relationships with our people, to have dignity, and realize that not only do our, pe our people need to receive some things, our people are givers. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, I had a lady, very poor from her dress, I could tell she didn't have much money, white t-shirt that was dirty, walking toward me, and I thought she was going to ask me for money. She got up to me and she handed me $40 and said, here, somebody needs this worse than I do. I am humbled. I want you to know, in community, I get humbled because Christianity is incarnational. When I'm around people who are struggling, I learn sometimes, just like Jesus taught about generosity by the widow with the last two coins, just like he taught about how we are to pray and give from the closet, to, to realize we're not about show, and our people don't do it for show. Dignity is a big deal. Don't patronize the poor. Love them. Look them in the eye. Even the guy on the corner. You don't have to give them anything. In fact, it's probably better that you not. But to treat people with respect is a big deal. So we are learning how to do that with each other. And so with a diverse group, we're really a, a rich and poor church. We're black, white, and brown. We're about every stripe you can be. But we want you to join us in this concern for our city. Community is not only church, it's also city. We still have way too much poverty in this city. Our city um, is flourishing in some ways like it has never. I'm amazed, I literally am amazed that each week 35,000 people come to this city. But don't forget the poor are in the shadow of Magnolia. They're there and we got to remember, even though you may not see them and you see the good and the hotels going up, the community is more than just meeting on Sunday. It is our whole city we've got to care about. Playing football together. Look at the, show me show the next slide. That is who we are. Um, you know what I found out a long time ago? That we'd have small groups and that's fine. But when we go on, on and you're invited to the game, by the way, this is called the toilet bowl. Um, <laughs> every year on Super Bowl Sunday, we gather at a field near, nearby. And uh, uh, it doesn't matter if you're in a wheelchair or if you're whatever your deal is. We play touch football together. It is some of the most fun. Uh, we challenge you if you want to take us on. But, uh, but we play together. Usually there's about 25 or 30 people on a team. Uh, and we also have our chili cook-off on the same day. So at the end of the day, we go to the emergency room for the chili and for the football. Uh, but we have learned to play together. I'm not sure all churches understand how important that is. For our church, that's a big deal. Softball, swimming. We just had our, um, our talent show. It's really not called a talent show because there's not much of it. And we call it a variety show, and there's a lot of that. Um, <laughs> Patrick, who helped play today, has played for the last, um, I guess, 12 years, has played the same song, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, hard to understand what he says. Uh, he's, where, I'm sorry, no, you don't play, not now. He, he will. He'll, he'll sing it right now. He loves to sing. But, uh, but it is so fun to see people who never got to be, got their five minutes of fame uh, come together. We play well together. And so we encourage you to, to come play with us sometime because sometimes that's even more fun. We also uh, talk about our differences. One of the saddest parts to me about church is that we are kind of silent about issues. Uh, I remember in 1967, I was a high school junior. I was a goody two-shoes. I have a seven-year Sunday school attendance pen. I didn't miss Sunday school at all. I was your Pharisee of the church. And uh, I, I, I'm glad I got my background that I did. 
But I remember when the African-Americans showed up at our church, or were supposed to show up at our church. King was marching. That day was, was a different day. We said, what are we going to do if they show up? And the deacon said this, don't worry about it. We're not going to let them in. That's the church. I'm embarrassed. And I look back at my own heritage that we were part of the problem. But we talk about those things at Church of the Bridge. MLK Day is a big day. We have a, uh, our African-Americans lead small group discussions. We uh, end up making a big circle at the end of the day and have community together in that kind of way. We have our Latinos. We have a fair number now of uh, Latinos who, some are just Spanish speakers, but most of them speak both. And uh, we have a pinata at the end of the day. In fact, I had a few years ago, we had a photographer come from somewhere and we were under the bridge and, and uh, he had a deadline. We go till about 12.15. We don't, we don't worry about time. We just, you got to throw me off if you want on. Uh, and so, so we, uh, we're out there and we had Buzz, Buzz Lightyear was str- uh, hooked over the top of the bridge uh, and, and we were going to do the pinata with the kids at the end and talk about our, the cultural stuff. And the photographer said, I, I can't wait that long. He said, I said, well, go ahead. And so I'm preaching while Buzz is getting beaten up. And, uh, <laughs> but the thing I love about that is we're a multicultural society. We're a multicultural city. Not just race, but also poverty and wealth. And part of the joy of community is learning to talk together about these different issues. What I've learned about God's character is sacrifice. I love being among the poor because I watch the sacrifices of our people. Uh, people that have to do extra things to get to church, to walk, to ride a bicycle, sometimes several miles. Just the effort to, to make things happen. And yet together, um, we, I, I learn a lot about God from our people. The Bible uh, is very clear that God became a man and dwelt among us. That verse is a lot more than Christmas. It is the statement that real care is moving into the middle of it all. The word compassion comes from two Latin words. Those words mean to suffer with. In other words, to get in the middle of the pain. There's something about our culture and our society that naturally runs away from pain. If I've got a headache, I'll quickly want to fix that with two Advil. But Christ became a man and dwelt among us. God entered the pain of our society. And what I thought Christianity was way back was to go to church and be good and not cuss or get drunk. And all of a sudden, I'm watching the life of Christ who touches lepers, sits at a well with an adulteress, cares for broken people. That wasn't my life. I had Sunday school pens, but I didn't know how to follow Jesus. Sacrifice is what we're, we're learning together. And it's messy and we don't do it well and we're all self-centered. We understand that. But I have been so thankful for the way God has taught us about sacrifice together. The um, privilege to be more symbolic sometimes than wordy is real fun under the bridge. Uh, If you've never been to our church on Palm Sunday, uh, sneak away, don't tell John. And come on Palm Sunday because every year for the last 20-something years... Uh, we have one of the homeless guys dress up as Jesus. Now, it used to be he'd go over by IHOP. Most churches have um, a lot of big vehicles. We have a donkey. Uh, Clementine died after three or four years, and we had to find a new one. I forgot his name. What's our new donkey's name? Um, We have a new donkey. And so every year on Palm Sunday, 
uh, we dress up the guy as um, Jesus and then some of the women behind him. And uh, the donkey come, would come across to the, uh, under the bridge there and we'd have our palm branches. We'd, but before that, we'd wash each other's feet. Uh, you probably do that. Y'all are a weird church too. And, and uh, we wash feet. And there's nothing more powerful than not only washing uh, somebody's feet, but having your feet washed. Sometimes that's harder. Kind of a Peter thing with Jesus. And so we, uh, we wash feet, and then we take our palms, we go out there. And so every year, then Jesus would come across the, uh, the access road from IHOP, uh, and we would be out there with our palm branches, and we'd lay them at the feet of Jesus as he came through on the donkey. Well, about the third year, uh, the donkey did what donkeys do. Uh, he stopped. All these palm branches scared him, and so we knew good and well he was not going to move. And we waited. Everybody became a donkey expert. Uh, some people said we pulled his tail, blowing his ear. Um, the donkey didn't move. And so we waited out. But fortunately, we've got some bikers that show up at our church sometimes. And, and uh, that particular day, we had a biker with a sidecar. So he took Jesus off the donkey, put him on the hog. And, um, <laughs> and, and he comes flying down there, and we're doing our palm branches. It was so fun. So fun that we still do that each year. Well, this was our first year to do it at Magnolia. And so uh, we had one of our guys uh, get dressed up and we were trying to figure out the logistics. How do we do this over there? It's a little bit different. And uh, we had a woman who had some challenges herself who's gonna lead the donkey. So uh, we were getting ready. And just as he began to move toward us, we looked up and the donkey took two steps and kicked him about five feet in the air. And uh, we, we didn't know how to handle that. Is it okay to laugh? Is it okay to, to uh, do we feel bad about it? But eventually, uh, Jesus came down through. We all did our Palm Branch thing. So we, things are not the same under the bridge. My point of telling you that, though, is that we get to see sacrifice, ex, uh, ex, uh, examples of it all the time. People that do things for one another in ways that I never even imagined it as a traditional church kid. Lastly, what I appreciate about Highland Baptist Church, a lot of things. I am still looking for my finger that got cut off downstairs. Uh, I'll tell you that story another time if you don't know it. But I, I really have watched this church uh, for 30, 40 years. And I'm so thankful. Uh, I remember when Barry Camp came over. I don't know if this is the right time to tell you. Barry came in and said, our church is struggling. Should we move to another part of town or stay? You know what? He said, will you come over and talk about the benefits of staying in the neighborhood? I'm so glad you're still here. I am. I know there's nicer parts of town. But you're, you're still in the city. And, and that means a lot that you've chosen. In fact, you're so much in the city, you've done several things with us. Number one, you do the We Walk. I don't know, how, how many have been on the We Walk? Uh, each year for the last several years, how many years, John? Five years. Y'all gather and you do a walk through the streets, mostly through North Waco. And it gets you out there in the middle of the streets. Church's community is not isolated. And on that day, y'all pray for us, y'all pray for others. Uh, and I really want you to know that's a big deal. Secondly, uh, I'm so excited that you're about to do your wellness center. Uh, we have a lot of people in this community that have so many. My pe- every, I'm overwhelmed every week by the numbers of our people who have needs that can't be met or will be hard to be met. And for you to choose instead of building another monument to yourselves that you build a wellness center is a big deal. And I want to say thank you for that choice. Yep, give yourself a hand. Yep. And I also want to thank you for shopping at the Jubilee Food Market. You think, what does that have to do with worship? Well, let me tell you what it has to do. My neighborhood is a food desert. For years, 
Our people had to walk either from North Waco all the way to HEB on North 19th Street, 2.2 miles, to get groceries. Or what they would normally do is go to the convenience store and pay a dollar more for day-old bread than they should have paid. Eat food they shouldn't have eaten. That store, that convenience store had liquor, it had tobacco products, had lottery tickets, all the things you don't want in an inner city. But they couldn't get vegetables and fruit and things that we should all be eating. And so with great risk, Mission Waco decided to create the Jubilee Food Market. We've looked all over the nation. We looked for models. And man, I tell you, it is a hard thing to, to make happen. 2% profit, net profit on food. And we don't have those other things. But I will tell you that, that um, we had enough faith that even if it did cost us a lot of money over years, that it was worth it so our people could eat right and have healthy food. And so we did it. And uh, those first few years, we, we had a three-year business plan. Did you know that we have business plans even at Mission Waco? And we did. And uh, we're close. We were supposed to break even this last year. We're, not, we're close. But here's what I love about you. Many of you heeded John's request on our behalf to come shop at the Jubilee Food Market. Just the act of buying food, healthy food, same price food, at a little store in North Waco means that my neighborhood still has a store. That's a big deal. Yeah, give yourself in. And, um, and I want to encourage you, if you've not been to come, if, we're not asking you to leave HEB. Just come once every 10 times or just come regularly in some way and help us do that. Now, here's the last part. We are a culturally mixed neighborhood. So about uh, two weeks after we opened the store, a bank called and said, hey, we, uh, we want to help you guys. We're going to give you $1,000, but we want you to use it for, for vouchers for your people. We're gonna get, we want you to invite uh, about 100 people. We'll give them $10 each to um, come in the store and buy something if they hadn't st- bought yet. And uh, so while they were out lining up around the store, I knew about half of them, and I'd go out and I, I would ask them. I said, I said to the African-Americans, uh, what is it we don't have in our grocery store that you wish we had? Anybody want to guess? Oxtail. People say, what? Now, my folks eat, my Americans eat oxtail. That's what the poor folks ate years ago. So we've got oxtail if you're hungry for it, if you're looking for it. We also have neck bone and we have pig feet and things that some of you don't eat, but I'm going to tell you, you need to widen up your uh, culinary skills. And then uh, for the Hispanics, we didn't have the right peppers. We didn't have the, enough peppers. We didn't have cactus. We, a lot of things that we didn't have. We asked the whites, what did they want? Guess what they wanted? Bluebell ice cream. <laughs> Go figure. So when you come to that little bitty store, you'll see every stripe of people. Black, white, brown, people who don't even speak English shopping. Do you know the joy of being in community? Meeting basic human needs, but we can't do it without people like you. So thank you. Your church is in the community. Not all of you are, but many of you are. May I invite you in this new year to come play with us again. And we hope we get invited back next year. Thank you. I hear the list of... um exciting things that happen at church on the bridge week in and week out. 
of uh, Jesus riding in on a motorcycle and I'm sure honking cars and never a dull moment. The most exciting thing that happened at Highland this entire year was our fire alarm went off for about 30 seconds when I was preaching on Sunday morning. That was the height of adventure for us this year, Jimmy. So we live in different cultures for, for sure. Let me answer those three questions with some of my thoughts as well. What are two things we're going to need for the year? Jimmy talked about community, and I fully agree. A love for one another, living life with one another. Um, I wanted to add the word faith to that as well. This is what we're going to need for the coming year is, is faith. And I know that sounds like such a cliched word in church on a Sunday morning, faith. But when I say faith, I mean a renewed faith. Or maybe for a lot of us, an exercised faith. Not just a, a faith that remains still and silent, but a faith that is expressed a faith that is exercised, a faith that is put out there, a, a deeper faith. It's in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, and you'll see this on the screen behind me. In verse one, it gives us a definition of faith. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Uh, if you wanna kind of break that down to maybe uh, a sentence that might sound more 2019, 2020, here's what you might wanna consider. Faith is believing something is so true that you would build your life on it. Faith is believing something is so true that you will build your life on it. As followers of Christ, we believe that by faith that God made everything and we're gonna build our lives on it. As Christ followers, we believe that God sent his son into the world and we're gonna build our lives upon it. We believe that Jesus went to a cross to die for our sins and we're gonna build our lives upon that. We believe on the third day that Christ rose again and we're gonna, by faith, build our lives upon that. By faith, we're gonna believe as Christ followers that Jesus is coming back again and we're gonna build our lives upon these things. This is why I'm saying we need faith for the year ahead. For by it, people of old received their commendation. By it, meaning faith, they received praise and award from God. By faith we, verse three, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Interesting to me, this is the only place in all of Hebrews chapter 11 that we are a part of the faith. Everywhere else is, is mention of, of Moses or Noah or Abel or, or, or Abraham. And there's a long mention, but here in, in verse three, it's the only time in Hebrews 11 that you and I are caught up as well into this hall of faith that the author of Hebrews is writing about. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what was seen was not made out of things that are visible. And now the list begins. By faith, Abel, he offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended. He was awarded as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, there's our word. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch, he was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Wouldn't that be a desire for every sister and brother in this room today that we would please God? And the very next verse tells us how we can please God. And without faith, our operative word, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he does reward those 
who seek him. This is the crux of Hebrews chapter 11. This is the heart of all of Hebrews chapter 11. Sisters and brothers from Church on the Bridge and sisters and brothers from Highlands, sometimes the greatest thing God can do is to put you in a place where all you have is faith. Because in that time, in that place, that is when you most please God. Sometimes the kindest thing God can do to his children is to put us in a place where all we have is faith. You may not have friends. You may not have finances. You may not have good health. You may not have good circumstances. You may have a lot of doubt. You may have a lot of questions. But the greatest place you can be, daughters and sons of God, is at a place where the only thing you have left is faith. Because it is there that we please the Lord. I almost skipped verse 7, but I love this thought in verse 7. By faith, our operative word, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. You know why I like that? Because Noah started building before it started raining. That's faith. In a reverent fear, he had faith in God. May we live in that type of faith this year. What has the Lord taught us about himself this past year? I love that Jimmy said that he has seen in the Lord himself a, a God of sacrifice who will sacrifice for, for his people, will sacrifice for his own. And of course, this Christmas time, we remember this, that God became man. He dwelt among us. I would give an answer of, of this, that he is a present God. This is what I've learned about the Lord, his character, his heart for his people, his heart for me this year, that he is a present God. Now, I love it when the Lord does this. I really had no idea when I was putting this sermon together that, that Drew was going to put the song in, He Has Made Me Glad, when we sang the verse I'm about to give to you this morning. So I love when the Lord puts those two things together. But from Psalm chapter 46, verses 1 through 3, you see on the screen behind me, it says that God is our refuge. God is our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, and then the Hebrew word selah, which means stop and reflect. I think in 2019, we would say this, did you just hear what I said? This is what Selah means. Did you understand, did you grasp the weight of the words that the Lord himself has spoken to you? So let me say them to, the, to you again. God is our refuge and our strength. He is an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Now, God is a present God, and most of us in this room, we, we sense that, or we know that, or we believe that in good times, in times of health, in times of joy, in times of celebration, in times of prosperity, in times of victory. But do you hear the context of Psalm chapter 46? This is not a time of victory. It's not a time of certainty, just the opposite. It is such a time of, of uncertainty, of darkness, of fear, of, of violence, of hurt, of, of, of the earth giving way. And the mountains falling to the heart of the sea and, and waters roaring and foaming and the mountains quaking with their surging. Some of you might feel 
this very moment, this is the life you're living, a life of uncertainty, a life of fear, a life of hurt. Who is our rock? Where do we turn? Who is our help in these times? And verse one gives us such a clear answer. God, he is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our covering. He is our ever present help. So this is where you are today in a time of calamity, a time of uncertainty. This is what I've learned about the character of the Lord this year. Perhaps many of you were years ahead of me. He is a present God who walks with us always. So what do we appreciate about each other's churches? You heard Jimmy Holland, I hope you heard this in an encouraging way that he has seen in our church family continued steps toward engagement in our community, especially with our partnership with Mission World, Mission Waco, and our, our love and prayerfully our compassion for those who, who are in need in our city. But church under the Bridgers, here's how I would like to encourage you this morning. I have seen in you a willingness to trust the Lord for all things. I want you to be encouraged by this, members of Church on the Bridge, sisters and brothers from Church on the Bridge. I have seen in you, our church has seen in you a willingness to trust God for all things. What, what would all things encompass? Well, first of all, I wrote down, as Jimmy's already mentioned, a place for you to worship. Your place of worship has normally been under I-35, talking about trusting the Lord for all things, having to worship under a bridge, under an interstate, under a major thoroughfare of our nation. And then TxDOT lets you know that he, they were remodeling the church for you. You're gonna have to trust the Lord for, for the next place. And in the generosity of God, as aforementioned by Jimmy, Chip and Joanna stepped in. That was a gift from God to the people of Church on the Bridge. And I will say to you, I think that God allowed you to have such a beautiful, great place to worship because of your willingness to trust the Lord. It's a blessing for your trust in the Lord. I also wanted to let you know that we understand, especially after Jimmy spoke just then, that you have to trust the Lord for what's gonna happen every Sunday when you gather when you worship at church on the bridge, you just never know what might happen. Weather, noise, distractions, trains, honking cars, yelling people. I imagine there's a surprise there every week. Surprising situations. I, I preached at church on the bridge a couple of years ago. Jimmy had me out there to preach. And um, I'm a creature of habit. I'm sure you Highlanders have picked up on that the last uh, six and a half years of me being here. So I went up to the stage and found a little podium and put my notes there. And they lasted about 15 seconds before a rush of wind came under I-35 and blew my notes everywhere. My, all my pages of my Bible were turning. And fortunately, here's my confession time. Fortunately, I had preached that sermon before. So I kind of knew what I was supposed to say. <laughs> Otherwise, I might've just sung a few songs and given you Psalm 23 and walked off the stage because all my notes were completely gone. I would imagine that's what church is like every week at church under the bridge. Surprising people, surprising situations, but I bet also church on the bridgers, you could attest or testify to this. There's also a surprising number of blessings that you have seen. Surprising times that you have sensed and seen the favor of God over you and toward your church. How else can you, how else can, have we seen you trust the Lord for all things? Just your existence as a church financially, uh, logistically, operationally. 
I mean, every season you're having to trust the Lord for the next season that, that people will give, that people will express generosity toward, toward Church on the Bridge, that the leadership team has a, has a plan for, for what is next and that the Lord will continue to open doors that might seem closed at one time. Here's the last thing. I think you continue to trust the Lord and I have seen you trust the Lord in these ways. Let me be very specific. You trusted the Lord in the beginning of 2017, Church on the Bridge, when you wrote a $1,000 check to Highland as we were raising money for the Wellness Center. You wrote a $1,000 check to us a few weeks later, First Methodist of Waco. Now make sure you heard that denomination correctly. First Methodist of Waco heard of your generosity and wrote us a $10,000 check. I don't know if they're trying to up you a little bit, Jimmy, on that, but they, they were encouraged by the $1,000 gift of Church on the Bridge. And so we'll have to ask the Lord this in heaven one day. I doubt, seriously, there's a lot of cities in our nation, in the history of our nation, where a Methodist church in close proximity to a Baptist church wrote a $10,000 check saying, we believe in your ministry. We believe in the wellness and we believe in your heart for the city. A few weeks after that, a church member here at Highland wrote a $100,000 check for the Wellness Center. I traced that $100,000 back to that $10,000, which I traced back to the generosity of the people of Church on the Bridge to write a $1,000 check for the Wellness Center. So we praise the Lord for that. And this might be a really happy time to tell Highland that next Sunday morning, there will be a really big announcement about the Wellness Center and our steps moving forward in accepting a bid for construction. We can trace that back next Sunday morning when we celebrate to the generosity of little old church on the bridge. I don't think it's earth shattering news to say this. They probably don't have the biggest budget of a church in town. To give 1,000, which triggered 10,000, which triggered 100,000. Makes me think of 2 Corinthians chapter eight, if you'll look on the screen. And now brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of their most severe trial, their overflowing joy, and even out of their poverty, welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. There are probably wealthier churches in town than Church on the Bridge. I'm not sure there's a wealthier church in grace in the world than Church on the Bridge. There are some churches with bigger budgets, but I don't know if they have bigger hearts than our sisters and brothers from Church on the Bridge. This is what I wanted to encourage you in today. It would be appropriate at this time for us to stand together and join hands. Would you pray with me? 
Father, we are grateful for this time together under your hand of grace and the presence of a very present God who is our help, who is our strength. Father, I pray that this year you would give us these gifts of community and faith and that we had pressed forward in both of those this coming year. God, thank you for the reminder that you're a God who has sacrificed for us. You're a God who has been present with us. What great reflection on this past year of how good you have been toward us. Father, I pray that Highland would continue to take big steps toward engagement. Not small steps, and not even steps that make sense, but we would take faith-sized steps toward engaging our city, our community, the marginalized, those who are hurting, those who are in need. And Father, I pray that our sisters and brothers from Church on the Bridge would continue to trust you, O oh God, for all things. You have never failed them, God. You never will. Great is your faithfulness towards your people. So God, we hold hands as a sign of our solidarity, our unity, our love for one another our oneness in Christ as we hold hands and pray. We understand that we are answering a prayer of Jesus right now when he said, may they be one, just as the Father and the Son are one. So God, bless our response now to your presence. Bless now our response to your kindness, your grace, your goodness toward us. It's the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, that we as your people united believe and pray. And all who belong to Jesus said, amen and amen.